Welcome to the Thrive Today podcast. I'm Natalie Bord. I'm the media host for Thrive Today and the founder of Innovation Meets Leadership. Our primary focus at Thrive is to help you identify the authority of God's word and connect it to your success at work. Well, today we're talking to Hannah Zella. Hannah is a writer, an editor. She's also an author and a coach for Four Rivers Media. She's passionate about the written word and enjoys reading and writing novels in her free time. Hannah is an amazing writer, and hopefully we'll talk about that a little bit today. Um, she is also married to Josh, and um, they enjoy ministering to Redemption City Church, where Josh is the family ministry director. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Thank you so much, Natalie. I am honored to join you today, and I can't wait to discuss something that's central for many, many women right now. <laughs> yeah, so I absolutely, so I always, I feel like I say this every time, but like every new edition of the Thrive Today magazine is like my favorite, and this one is so, so much fun. And so you wrote this beautiful, beautiful article in here that we're actually going to talk about today. And Wow, big topic, finding a balance between motherhood and work. Many women are leaning in right now saying, okay, tell us a little bit about that. How do you personally do that? Especially you have a a new baby. I mean, not that young, but she's about to be two. And so you really are trying to find a balance because at that age, they're getting into everything. Yeah, Yeah, I was working full-time remotely when my husband and I found out that we were expecting Avery and... Once my maternity leave ended and I came back to work, I realized that working full-time with the baby was not going to be what I expected, and I didn't actually know what to expect, but suddenly I was taking care of someone around the clock. I was trying to learn all of these new skills. I was still trying to turn in work assignments on time, and (laughs) with a baby who doesn't understand that there's other priorities, you know, she doesn't really have the capacity to say, okay, I'll wait five minutes. So... There were days that I would definitely feel a little bit irritable, like I have so much work to do, like I cannot sit here and rock you in your chair all day. And that was confusing because I loved who I was raising and I also loved what I did. And so trying to navigate how to set parameters around those two things was a little bit discouraging at first, but I think the key, and I know we'll dive more into this, speaking up about the parameters, the boundaries around my time and making sure that I communicated the to my work, to my family, that brought a lot of freedom and a lot of reassurance where I could plug in and be present. That's so good. Like I can think back to those times as well. I've got two girls and mm-hmm. I remember in particular after coming back from maternity, I remember working from home with my 13 year old now, but she was about six months at the time. And I can remember running room to room. I would like sit in the room while I was on the conference call. But when they would ask me to talk, I would like run into the next room and like take it off mute because she was like in her little swing rocker. And I just didn't want, you know, baby sounds in the phone. And so I was just I felt like I was running around the house like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to like (laughs) live in these two different worlds. And I feel like since 2020, having a baby make a sound on the phone or on your Zoom video is a little more acceptable because we got to get in people's houses and we got to see their family walk by the camera. And so I think back to that time where I was just racing from room to room to make sure people didn't know I was trying to like juggle two worlds. Now it's a little more acceptable, but that doesn't make it any any less hard. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been in that exact scenario where I'm like, take myself off mute. And that's the moment she decides to scream, of course. So I'm like, hey, thanks for your grace. Like, yeah, we're all out here trying to do the same thing. (laughs) 
Well, I want to like press in a little bit on these topics. So in your article, you kind of talk about these three areas. You talk about find, first of all, I love that you said find and set boundaries. You didn't just say set boundaries. You said find them first, right? And then set them. Know your worth, which I love that one. I would love to get into that one. And then shifting season. So let's talk a little bit about like find and set boundaries. What has that looked like for you in this new season? And how are you communicating those boundaries to the people that you work with? I think this question is so powerful, regardless of your context. So I am blessed to work for a company that has been very, very accommodating. I know that's not the case for everybody, but I think the most important thing that you can do as a working mom is to, depending on your context and your season, speak up about those boundaries. So if you It's going to look different. If you have a newborn, your boundaries are going to look different than if you have a 13-year-old or three of them. (laughs) If your heart is to work full-time in the office as a mom, then those boundaries might look different than if all you've ever wanted is to be a stay-at-home parent. But I looked at my job requirements and said, okay, how can I bring excellence to these tasks? How can I complete them and still be faithful to protect my family time and my time with the Lord and my alone time. Because if any other moms are listening, alone time is important. <laughs> but once I defined that weekly structure where I could guard each of those things, I felt so much more present. I didn't have to worry about, you know, when things were going to get done because they had a time frame that was set aside for them. And my team and my family were more able to be on the same page too and know okay, this is, these are the boundaries that she set. Of course, it's impossible to perfectly balance those. So there are days when I'm on the phone with a client and my daughter's screaming in the background and I'm like, I need 10 minutes, you know, like here's a TV show or times when I ask for an extension on a work project because life gets crazy. And I don't think the goal necessarily is to have the perfect boundaries, but I think it helps us to be confident when we do define those to others, that we're bringing quality to each area of our lives each day. Yeah, that's so brilliant. You know, it's funny. I grew up like business-wise reading books by Jack Welsh. And one of the things he would say all the time is it's not work-life balance, it's work-life choices. And I've really taken that to heart, like in my own life of you know, I may make a choice in one season to hold myself back work-wise so that I can be more present for my family. I may make a choice in another season to go for a promotion or go for a larger role, but I understand that I've got to get some help at home in that season. And so what I love about what you're saying is it's figuring out where you're at, but it's also communicating. And I love what you said, like I communicate it where I'm at. I ask for more time. I was listening to this lady and she was, might've been somebody I was talking to. I can't remember. But she was talking about how oftentimes women don't communicate their boundaries to employers and therefore they just see that employer is not a team player. And so typically men will say, hey, my kid has a soccer game and for the next seven weeks, I'm the soccer dad on Fridays, right? They're communicating to their empo- the, the rest of the team. Here's why I'm not going to be around. Oftentimes women, we just go juggle it all, right? We might go and work at 8 p.m. at night because we went to that soccer game, but we don't communicate why we're not going to be available. We just don't think about it sometimes. And so I just loved bringing that lens in too, because part of boundaries setting is communication and just helping other people understand when I'm not here, here's what I'm focusing on. And here's when I will get that done. So I love that. Yeah. And that can be as quick as a Slack message. Like I got it this evening is, I will have an answer for you, you know, 
Yeah. So just over, like over communicating, I think is beautiful. Let's talk about know your worth. Like what, what's behind knowing your worth? I love this. Well, I think as moms and employees, but motherhood, especially it's, it's unique. We don't get paid, but it's a round the clock role and our waking hours, our non-waking hours, it's all consuming. And so I think it's really easy to slip into a place where we assume that our identity is centered around how good of a mom we are or how good our children are. And that's true of work as well. But before you were a mother, before you were an employee, before you had the ability to do any of these things, Jesus died for you. And so if you're in Christ, your worth, your righteousness, and your ability to do anything at all comes from him. One of my favorite passages in scripture is John 15, where Jesus talks to his disciples and it's the eve of his crucifixion. So he is comforting them. He's like, I'm coming back to prepare a place for you. But in John 15, he makes it really clear if we're not abiding in him, then we can't do anything. If we're not spending time with him, submitting to his leadership, there won't be any fruit. Yeah, because he's the source of that. And so many of us white knuckle the working mom life thinking that we can please everybody and trying and it's just not possible and it's not healthy. Yeah, you so. know, that is so powerful what, what you've just put forward for us to think about, because I think so often we do feel we kind of take on that mantle. If it's got to be, it's up to me. And I think it's important to remember where our hope comes from, where our strength to do any of this in the first place comes from. But I also want to address this FOMO that we kind of live under. And I think it's hard, you know, for men, they may take a couple weeks off when a baby's born, but oftentimes we're taking months or weeks or months away from work. And so oftentimes we can feel kind of like career-wise, depending on how many kids you decide to have, you can kind of feel like you're constantly behind the eight ball, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. like the train is moving and there are these stops where you have to get off for periods of time. And I just have to constantly remind myself that, you know, especially when I was younger in those seasons, having children of like, there is not, you know, like God can accelerate me into any tables and any rooms that I need to be at. And I don't need to have this FOMO in seasons where I am stepping aside to take care of my kids, whether it's going to a game or whether it's having a child, right? And and staying at home for a season to take care of them. Just remembering that God can accelerate your ability to get back into the swing of things and also get back to the tables, right? That we're used to to sitting at or maybe hope to sit at one day. And so I think there's such a a aspect for women of, you know, something that men don't necessarily go through where we're kind of pulled in and out of the workforce when we have children. Yeah. And I think remembering God's sovereignty in that and that he's plotted out the steps that he has for us can help with the anxiety or the insecurity of, well, I'm not following, you know, the plan I had originally had for myself or the track that my company might have. Like, I feel like I'm stepping aside, but in God's sovereignty, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I think that's been really comforting for me to not have that FOMO because it does crop up. (laughs) It totally can. So let's, let's talk a little bit about this area. Let's talk about shifting seasons and and what you wrote about in this section. Cause I feel like this really leans into that FOMO as well. I think it's, it's not about FOMO. It's about understanding that your season is going to shift and then shift again and then shift again. Yeah, you will sleep again if you have kids and you're not sleeping. I promise you will sleep again. 
And while it's true that people say, enjoy it, it goes fast, like just yeah. cherish the moments. It's also grueling work. It's hard. It's stressful. There are moments you need to step away and scream into a pillow. So I think <laughs> one of the keys that I found to enjoying it is once you have set the boundaries that are, you know, fitting for your family, I relish the back and forth of getting to switch gears. So there were days I was grateful to put my daughter down for her nap. And instead of diapers and sticky tables, I could edit a manuscript. I could have a Zoom call with a coworker. And then on the other side of the coin, it was nice to decompress from work and just eat a snack with my daughter and watch a kid's show and completely veg out. So very few seasons in life offer us the opportunity to like enjoy the best of both of those worlds. So I think that's something that's grown my gratitude is what a time to live in that we get to stay home with our kids or be home with our kids after work and still work remotely and still bring our skills to the table. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, like just looking at some of the stats on remote work and in some ways, you know, 2020 hurt a lot of women, but in some ways it, it helped women to find a little bit of a better balance. I think, you know, we always just going back to that, that, Thing where you talked about setting boundaries. I think the hard part about working from home or working remote is that sometimes you don't know when to turn it off, right? It can be so easy to go from bed to laptop to, you know, kind of run through the kitchen and grab something and then back to the laptop. And then next thing you know, you know, it's time to either go pick up the kids or they're coming home and just kind of not set the boundary. And I think even as we look at those who do re remote work, how important it is to carve out a lunchtime or carve out 15 minutes to go outside and go for a walk or carve out this time to eat, right? Or, or rest or play. And that sometimes, you know, setting boundaries is with ourself. You know, oftentimes we think about setting boundaries with other people, but sometimes it's with ourself that we need to set that boundary. Absolutely. And I think it actually starts with us because if we don't know, then we can't effectively communicate it to anybody else if we're not clear on them. My husband and I started intentionally taking a Sabbath day on Saturday. And not only was he not going into the church office, but we were like, okay, no email, no working on a manuscript over here for 15 minutes. Like we're just going to completely unplug. And we have found so much more energy and rejuvenation just from 24 hours. So that is so, so important. Yeah. You know, it's so, so cool to hear you talk about that in 2020, my husband and I and the family, we started doing Shabbat on Friday nights. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always so excited. We're recording this today on a Friday, but I'm always so excited for Friday nights because it's our, it's our Sabbath night. It's our Shabbat. And we actually do like a special dinner with the girls. We bless them. And that's something like a little rhythm that we found in 2020 that has been so special for us. And we've carried it through even to now and continue to do it. And I just love kind of what you're talking about with the Sabbath. I think it might be Robert Morris that says unaccumulated Sabbaths, basically, eventually you have to pay them. And so he talked about some health challenges and things like that, that he went through because he didn't Sabbath. And so oftentimes we think that by not Sabbathing, we're getting ahead, but we're actually telling God that we think we can do it better because even God's Sabbath. And we're also showing him that we don't trust him to take care of our work on the day when we're not working. So I just, I love that you guys are doing that. And I kind of want to encourage our women just to find what is that practice that you want to put in your family that could be something special like a Sabbath or like a Shabbat dinner, or 
uh, whatever, but taking time to rest and showing your children that rest is important to you. It's important to God. That's why he talks about it so much in the Bible, but taking that time can be so fulfilling and, and refilling for you as a, as a leader, as a mom, and just as someone who is um, sometimes, right, burning a candle at both ends. Yes, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about, you know, I think one of the things that has changed in, you know, as we've gone throughout time is that oftentimes women and men are sharing a lot more roles. Like it's not mm-hmm. just, hey, you're in charge of the kids and I'm going to go off to work with my briefcase and I'll see you back home at 530 and I expect dinner <laughs> on the table kind of thing, right? Like, like in the 1950s. Like, how has that shaped you guys in your relationship to have to kind of navigate, you know, role clarity and, and what does it look like for you to be a mom and also work and for your husband to be a dad now and also work? Like, how have you guys navigated that together? That's a great question. I'll begin by just praising my husband because he has been so, so involved from the first nights that we were up with her, rocking her to now he takes Friday mornings, which is make this very easy to join you for this recording. But I think just having a partner that understands that it's not, you know, cut and dry and that they they truly want to be with their child is so, such a blessing. I think one thing that I have grown in since we've had her in my marriage is just, again, communicating what I need because it's so easy to assume that people can read our minds or see the needs that we have or when we're stressed, know how to, you know, address that and comfort us. But I have grown a lot in my ability to be like, hey, welcome home. I'm so glad you're home. I need 15 minutes, you know, like, and then I would love to join you guys for dinner or, hey, I have an odd work call that's scheduled at 6 p.m., which was the case this week. Is there any way that you can come home a little bit earlier than you were going to be home today? Mm So just, I think, creating touch points throughout the day where you can say, hey, like, first of all, I care about you and you're still my number one, like, we're married. But also, here's what's on my radar and uh, what's on your radar? Like, how can I help you? What do you need today? I just think the question, what do you need is so powerful. Oh, I love that question. Like, I, I need to ask that more. I don't think I've, I don't think I asked my husband, what do you need? One thing that we have been doing is one thing we kind of started over 2020 was, was sharing our calendars with each other. And the night before we would sit down and say, Hey, let's go over our calendars for tomorrow. Tell me what you have going on. Tell me what you're worried about. What are you stressed about tomorrow? You know, what can I pray? What meetings can I pray about tomorrow that you're, you're going into? And then just talking through, okay, who's getting the kids? Is it you? Is it me? Who's in charge of dinner tonight? Is it you or is it me? We hate talking about what to eat. Like it is so, it's so annoying to us. We're like, oh, it's like, I wish that we could just both come home and the food was on the table, right? And we didn't have to think about it. So just figuring out in advance who has to think about what today, that has helped our communication greatly. And the times where we do argue, it's because we forgot to put it on the calendar. Now we both double booked ourselves and we're trying to figure out, okay, who's got to back out of their thing because we double booked ourselves. And so you know, that's been a good practice for us in terms of communicating not only work, but after work stuff of like, who's doing what, who's on first, who's taking care of the kids and just trying to, like you said, be a partner in it together. It's not, you know, me against you. It's us back to back trying to figure this thing out. Yeah. And even when he's on, you know, I'm still for the most part available to step in if I need to be, which 
yeah, even just communicating that to them, they feel like, okay, you're not leaving me alone on an island to handle these responsibilities. Like we're, we're a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's so brilliant. And I just, I hope the women will kind of glean from some of these things and think about what are the practices in their own world and their own life that they can bring forward. Hannah, how can people find you? How can they follow you? Yeah, I am Hannah Zello. The last name is Z-E-L-L-O, like Jello with a Z. Hannah Zello on Instagram. And that's usually where I spend most of my time. Love it. Well, what final thoughts would you have for our ladies today, especially in light of your amazing article, Juggling Two Worlds, which I hope they will go and read and check out on thrivetoday.com? Yeah, I I just want to leave them with so much encouragement. Working moms put so much on their shoulders. And I just want to know, I just want you guys to know that Jesus sees you and the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf with groanings that are too deep for words. So every 3 a.m. that you're up with your baby, every middle school math project that you do, every driving lesson that you do with your high schooler, God is with you. Every time you send a late night email or leave early to go to a soccer game, he cares and he is giving you the strength to do all of that. So please, please don't beat yourself up when you fall short because that is when his strength is made most manifest in us. And then just be honest and upfront. I've seen that empower so many coworkers and other parents when you set the example of being real. I think that gives them permission to be real too. Your example isn't impactful because you can juggle it all. I think your example is impactful because you're surrendering it to the one who can. So rest in him. And at the end of the day, breathe deep and give yourself a true break. Like just surrender it to him and and rest because that's so important. That's so good. That's such awesome final thoughts and so comforting. So thank you for that, Hannah. And thank you for your time today. I've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's been great. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Absolutely. Well, Thrive Today, ladies, we want you to be in community. So if you've been listening to this podcast and you want more, we want you to head over to thrivetoday.com and get involved in community. We have monthly coaching calls and we have amazing resources that we put at your fingertips by being a part of the Thrive Today community. So go over there, check it out and subscribe to all that we have to offer you. And as you live your life, we want you to do it with leadership, community and strength. Don't forget to thrive and we'll see you next time.